Hi everyone, I'm Rianne LaPere from the National Network for Equitable Library Service, and you're listening to the AT Banter Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. That was a long pause. I whiffed on the cowbell, so I had to take a second shot. (laughs) I like like it when you're honest. Uh, Hey, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, Mr. Whiff himself, Brian Fleury. Yes, that is I, Mr. Whiff. <laughs> and also joining us, Miss Liz Malone. I always make it on the first swing, so just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that first swing's important. <laughs> But I like See, it. I like I, you owned up to it. A lot of people would have been like, no, it's just pausing for, you know, dramatic effect or something. But no, you you admit it. You admit it. You admit your mistakes, and I can respect that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, how is everybody? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Liz. Uh, yep. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fine. Thank you. <laughs> After all that, fine, fine. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome i wonder if these shows are an hour yeah no kidding uh, i'm getting over a cold are you week and a half right. ago i had my covid booster and flu shot two days later got sick so well that's but that's was it like sick as in, in terms of like part of like the side effect of the booster you think or did you actually like catch something i think i caught something you know we're teaching our neighbor's kid how to play guitar as well and he's seven years old so yeah, i'm sure i probably caught something from whatever he brought home from school. Oh, so. guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah. You don't hang around with children. You're going to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> you a basement for three years. What are you thinking? Yeah, I know. So it's almost gone now. It's just a tickle in the throat. But Yeah, you got off light. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. Was it co- is it COVID? Or no, not? we did multiple <laughs> tests. It's not. There was no aches, no pains, no fevers, no chills, just cough. Mm. Mm. One day. <laughs> no, nope, I don't go outside. People are bad. It's well, scary. Well, you hang around with a seven-year-old. I can't. I still can't. Well, that's true. That. That's you, true. If I can do is, that, are there more lessons? More lessons? Does he need more lessons? Well, yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, well, yeah. We do it twice a week. Twice a week. Oh my! Yeah. Your boy. You better wipe him down with like <laughs> some sort of handy. <laughs> you need one of those like hazmat rooms where they hose you down. You know, yeah. like yeah. head to toe, strip down, and then they they yes. hose <laughs> you down. Yeah, and then, they, and then they scrub you, and yeah, it's like what is it like a de- yeah. decontamination protocol? Yeah, wow, yeah. there you go, totally. totally, not a bad idea. Well, there you go. Uh, well, good. Well, good. Well, it's nice to have everybody here. Steve, uh, Steve Barkley, of course, not joining us uh, for this show, uh, but uh, I'm sure he'll be here next week. I think he's still probably recovering from, he went moose hunting, I believe, over uh, the last couple of weeks. So have you heard anything, Ryan? Did he, did he, did you happen to hear, did he catch a moose? He didn't get a moose. No, no mm-hmm. moose, no deer. I think they got a couple of grouse and that was probably really? it. Wow. Huh? Yep. Skunked again this year. He whiffed it. 
<laughs> you whiffed it. It's <laughs> my new word for the day. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan. Yes, Rob. Why don't you tell the fine folks at home just what the heck we are doing today? Today, we are speaking with Carrie Brown John, who recently tried to board our new ferry service out here in British Columbia and was denied service on said ferry service. So I wanted to get her on the show to kind of tell us a little bit about herself and share that story with our audience. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. So it's kind of a long, complicated story, but I am 43 from, well, was raised in the interior of British Columbia, um, been in Nanaimo for four years. I was diagnosed with MS um, in 2001 when I was 20, so I was super young. And, you know, normal 20-year-old, played sports, did all the 20-year-old things. Um and I've kind of had an aggressive like disease progression. So I've been in a wheelchair for about eight years, long story short, six, eight years, something like that. Husband, one daughter, pretty normal. <laughs> okay. So fast forward now uh, to this summer. Tell us about what happened to you when you tried to book passage on, uh, is it hello? Hello? How do they, how do they say that? They pronounce it hello. So H-U-L-L-O. So yeah, so tell us a little bit about, about what that experience was and what exactly happened when you when you tried to, to purchase a ticket to, to ride the, the Hello Ferry between Vancouver and Nanaimo. So it was like a big hype. Apparently there's been a couple attempts at doing a ferry, like a downtown to downtown ferry like this in the past that have failed. Um, like I said, we're new to Nanaimo, so we were super excited. Our daughter is a nursing, stu a nursing student at BCIT. So it would be super convenient for me to just hop on the ferry, ride over there, spend the day with her downtown, shopping, whatever, spying, doing girl things, and then hop on the ferry, come home. So I was doing a little bit of, you know, daily social media scrolling. And uh, an ad came up for Hello Ferry. And I looked at the comments um and someone said oh yeah it would be super great but they won't allow electric wheelchairs on board and i was like yeah as if like that's not a thing so i like went on their website and tried to um like navigate booking a wheelchair seat or whatever and yeah electric wheelchairs not allowed so I sent them, a, I think I sent them a Facebook message first and I, just to clarify, and they, they said, yeah, sorry, um, because of our licensing, we can't allow electric wheelchairs on board. So that kind of put a stop to that. Um, and then I emailed them because I thought, you know, like, that's not, I can't be right. It's 2023, like everybody gets to ride on whatever kind of mode of transportation they want. Doesn't matter if they're disability, right? So I emailed them and they came back with, um, you know, confirmation again that because of their transportation, uh, Transport Canada license, because they were a high speed craft, blah, 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 they um, 
they couldn't take electric wheelchairs. So I kind of just left it at that. Then I contacted the media a couple of weeks later. I contacted Czech News and I was just like, hang on a second. Like, people need to know what's happening here, you know? Yeah. Um, so I contacted Czech News. And in the meantime, while I was waiting for the and Czech News, if you guys don't know, is like our local Vancouver Island, what's happening on the island kind of news outlet. Um, and they... So I contacted Czech News and in the meantime, contacted Transport Canada just for some clarification. And and Hollow wouldn't, I asked them for a copy of their policy and they, they wouldn't send me a copy of their policy. So like, I don't know, two weeks later, um, I got an email from Transport Canada saying that they contacted Hollow Ferry and Hollow Ferry was... Uh, look revisiting their accessibility policies and then the the like same day or the day later two days later or something that I got another email saying that from hollow saying that um saying that they they were looking at you know looking at amending their policy for accessibility after they sent me the original email saying that it was transport Canada regulations I got another email saying, oh, actually, it was an internal decision made by Hello Ferries and Vancouver Island Ferry Company, I think is what it's called. Um, it was an internal decision to not allow electric bikes, scooter, mobility scooters or wheelchairs on board. And then I got the email, oh, actually, you know. Mm -hmm we're revisiting things. So it was like a little bit of a gong show. It seemed like the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing, you know? Well, what, what shocks me probably the most out of that is that I didn't realize that they had it right on their website that they, they wouldn't accept power wheelchairs because that's a blatant uh, discrimination. Discrimination. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh. you, you, you can't do that. Like that's yeah. it's amazing that they didn't, well, first of all, it's amazing that they felt that they could do that. And then it's amazing that they didn't get called out on that before. Like that's, that's stunning to me. So now I, and I followed up with them. Like we, we've been gone for two weeks um, and recovering from awful jet lag for 10 days. But um, we, I followed up with them and they haven't responded to me. So I was looking on their website just today, actually, and I can't find anything that says anything about an electric wheelchair. So I'm not sure if they've amended their policies. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that they respond to me. Um, but yeah, like it says, oh, yeah, you know, we have, we welcome your wheelchair on board, you have to transfer to a uh, fixed seat like an airplane right? right they use the high speed craft thing a lot um but i i had told them in one of my emails well like i ride on airplanes all the time and they go fast you know at least the boat if something well and they had brought up not to me but any any comment they had given to the media um they referenced the batteries the, uh, the how unsafe batteries were which right. is a total crock. Yeah, they, you would think they uh, would have to have some sort of fire suppression system anyway to even get licensed. 
and you're on a friggin' boat. If the yeah. batteries catch on fire, throw them overboard. You know what I mean? Right. Like on an airplane, I, I carry the try the chair I use for travel as lithium batteries, so I carry them on board. But I mean, I was just in an airplane for ten hours with my right. lithium batteries, and that wasn't a big deal, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't know if the you know, if their safety policies and procedures aren't clear or if they're not written properly. I don't know what's going on over there, but something. Well, you is. know, yeah, I mean, you know, and you have to get if I have to guess, I mean, it sounds like, you know, granted, they're a new service. It's a new company. They're just starting up. And it sounds like they just didn't want to deal with that problem and just said, you know what, we just won't let we don't let anybody happen. We'll deal with it down the road or we'll you know, we'll deal with it if somebody brings it up. But totally. you know, they just felt that they were safe in just saying, yeah, no, no power wheelchairs. And the fact that they blamed Transport Canada initially, you know, that it was their policy that was preventing them from allowing them on the boat um, is very interesting. They wouldn't have a discriminatory policy like no, that. No, not at all. They're the last people that, that would be doing that. Absolutely. And you know, they threw Transport Canada under the bus with the whole high-speed craft lingo um, right. and then saying that their license prohibited, you know, um, the use of electric mobility aids and e-bikes and whatever. Right. And then they decided to tell me that, it, oh, never mind, it wasn't Transport Canada. It was in an internal, in an internal yeah. decision. And right. then when any media reached out to them, they were like, oh, it's the safety issue regarding the batteries. Right, right. Well, like, what is it, you guys? Like, yeah. But you even know. still, like, you know, you're allowed on BC ferries. You're allowed oh. in electric vehicles. You're allowed in all these other modes of transportation that are battery-powered or not. What makes Hello Ferries so special? No, not because they go fast, I'll tell you. No, like, I can, not. A, I can go on a city bus. They go fast on the highway. Can I just ask, like, how fast is this ferry actually going? Because I, you'd never put the word fast and ferry in the same sentence ever. <laughs> no, I know. They, I feel like it's uh, almost like walking across the body. <laughs> <laughs> they're a high speed, they're a high speed walk on ferry. So there's no pat, there's no cars on it. Um, and they do, they have the ability to travel up to about. 40 knots, which is like around 80 kilometers an hour. Their excuses for not letting me on are kind of crap. And I just, I'm not a hater. And like people are saying, you should make a human rights, you know, human <laughs> rights dream. And I'm like, no, like I just want to, I want to ride on the damn thing. I don't want to shut them down. I think it's a right. fantastic business. Yeah. Even better, you could own them. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> right. My husband makes the joke. My husband makes the joke that once this is all finally over, there's going to be a big picture of my face with a red X through it on the wall. <laughs> the terminal. But yeah, no, I, I just want to, you know, I just want to go to Vancouver for the day. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is like none of these excuses fly. I mean, you know, honestly, you're, you're, you're building out a ferry service and, you know, even even if 
their license somehow says that, okay, like if you go this fast, you're considered a, a high speed vehicle and you need to meet these certain criteria, like whatever, you have to have a fixed seat or, or whatever the rules are. That's great. Or build out, like you build out a wheelchair section uh, yep. on the ferry where this is where any wheelchairs go and whatever they can secure them. Um, however they need to do it, but they need to figure that out before they launch the service. It's not acceptable to just launch the service and be like, well, screw it. We'll just, we'll, we'll figure all that other stuff downstream. It, yeah. oh, it's, it, it is aggravating. It's super aggravating. And you know, they do have, they do have designated wheelchair spots. So the wheelchair gets stowed or, or secured in one spot. And then the passenger has to move to a fixed seat, right. which is beside it or in front of it. And then the, they have a companion seat beside the passenger. Um, but you can't put your electric wheelchair there. Well, at least you couldn't before. You right. can't put your electric wheelchair there. You can only put a manual wheelchair. See that, and that's that's so that just figures, you know, like they 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 didn't even consider the fact that some people maybe use power wheelchairs. Like, there's not and just one type of wheelchair. Some people, like my disability, like I'm fairly severely disabled, but my husband always travels with me, and he can like stand me up, put me in a seat. It'll be like awful for an hour and fifteen minutes because I'll be uncomfortable, but I could do it. Some people that use power chairs are a lot more immobile than I am. You know what I mean? They have they it, it would be unsafe to put them in a in another seat other than their chair. You know, they have rehab seating and special cushions and special belts and you know whatever. They'd be a lot safer having their power chair secured to the whatever the floor or rails or whatever with them in it and apparently um they told one of the media that that did an interview with me um that they're looking at um amending their policy to say that passengers can stay in their own chairs so uh, i don't know we'll see that the logistics around it was so much easier for them just to say no sorry Right. Like, right. Because the logistics around allowing severely disabled people on board are pretty complex. Like, for example, an airplane, I'm going to travel with WestJet, say, which I hate, but I'm going to travel with WestJet. They can't, if I'm by myself, and I can't transfer myself from that little aisle chair that they have to my seat. They have to provide a lift yes. or, right. or a transfer belt or, you know, whatever they have to transfer you. So I'm not sure if um, the hollow fairy would be, you know, subject to the same regulations, but I, I don't see why they wouldn't. So that I, I mean, there's a lot involved, right? So maybe right. that had something to do with their decision. Easier to say no. Right. Well, that's part of being, you know, I think a private entity as well, right? You know, kind of like BC Ferries. I don't know what BC Ferries policy is about people who, you know, need to be transferred. But 
I would assume they would have to have a lift as well. You know, nurses in hospitals are not allowed to be lifting patients. They're supposed to be no. using lifts as well. So, BC well, no, they, Ferries, you stay in your chair. I stay in my right. chair on BC Ferries and just drive around right. at will because you don't go fast, apparently. Yeah. That's why. Um, and, but, I mean, it gets rough on BC Ferries. Yeah. You know, I've been on there where I'm a little a little nervous. Um, but yeah, on BC Ferries, totally different ball game because they don't they don't require you to move. Right. You have to you can stay in your own chair. So right. a little different. Yeah, and and you know this whole high speed issue. I mean, I would imagine that yeah, it's it's similar to an airplane. Like airplanes have well, <laughs> I shouldn't say airplanes have figured it out because we'll get to that later. But yeah, no kidding. But it's that same thing. Like they either have to if they can't leave you in the chair then yeah they have you they have to have some sort of a mechanism and people there that can transfer you into the into the, the fixed seat so and you know and all these yes they're private companies but they're all under the auspice they're all federally regulated so that means that they all do fall under the um, accessible canada act which again we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about but but i mean i feel like this is why this is why it's it's really frustrating and this is part of the reason why we wanted to have you on the show because i think that it, it it's important to to call companies out on this when this happens um this is the only way we're gonna we're going to make progress because literally obviously as it's 2023 and there's still a company that feels safe launching a a, a service that's federally regulated and just to say yeah you know what we're just not going to allow power wheelchairs like that's the, 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 the arrogance of that is, is just stunning to me. And I think that it's just that for many years, um, they've just been able to get away with it. Even your story, as shocking as it is, we wouldn't be talking to you right now if you, if, if Czech news hadn't picked up your story and, and ran no, with it. I know. And we've been hearing, we've been lucky enough that, that they've also picked up on a lot of stuff about Air Canada recently. Um, you know, there's been three or four stories in the past month. Um, that have been pretty shocking. Um, there have been. And, you know, I, my husband and I travel a lot and we've spent a lot of time in the States. And if, and Liz probably will agree, if something like this happened in the U.S., it would just be a shitstorm, excuse me. The, the U.S.'s policies on accessibility far far are so much farther above ours i think mm-hmm. canada's got a long maze to go and you know what you are right there would be a lot of dirt and dust and all kinds of other disgusting matter tossed up in the air <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> look at me trying to like not say shit but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for saying that <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be like there would be lawsuits flying around. Yeah. Like it would be we love, we love to sue. Mm, yeah. yeah, our kind, our I think our founding fathers in, ingrained in us that we should just sue. That's just yeah. But but the 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 biggest issue though is that even with the ADA and some of the offshoots of it and um, all of the opportunities for us to cause such a stink, the the issue is always that it'll get kicked up for a moment and then it's dead mm. and then no one cares about it anymore. And so it's, it's, right. so we definitely still have that 
level of frustration that people care and then they just don't care. Um, and then they're on to the next thing. They care because they say, oh my God, that's horrible. And then they go back to their lives and and it's, oh, well, if I'm not in a power wheelchair, that really doesn't affect me. And, you know, but I feel so bad and okay. And on to, you know, my shopping for my new purse. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what stinks because that's sort of that universal lack of empathy. Well, you know, we've even talked on the show before where we've, you know, we, we've kind of like been like, oh man, the U.S., they're so litigious, you know, everybody's suing everybody. I don't know if that's a great way to go, but you know, the, the flip side is that the, the, the struggle that we're having here is that yes, we have the ACA and sure, granted it's, it's five years old, it's still young, but anything that, you know, on the federal level, any government organization, they needed to have accessibility plans in place a year after the act came into effect. So that would have been 2020. Um, and that goes for private organizations that are federally regulated, like the ferries, like air, air, um, airlines, all of that. They needed to have like new accessibility plans a year after. And then two years after that, they needed to have revised accessibility plans. So for example, Hello Ferries, they needed to have um, a complete accessibility plan you know, planned out before they even launched their service and clearly they didn't. So, you know, we have all these regulations in place, but without any sort of an enforcement mechanism, it's, they're useless. Like nobody's paying attention to them. But the enforcement mechanism is the ability to sue because, and, and the reason why, yes, the United States were very litigious, but when you have a law and it's not being enforced, and let's say you know you get your 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 all of your accessibility laws put into place in Canada, and someone's not not following it, what do you do to to remedy it? You have yeah. to sue them. So it, it's it's so it, it's sort of ingrained in any kind of system that if you're going to have uh, rules, there has to be an enforcement, and, yep. and and the courts are really the only way to go. People only care when it hits them in the purse. And that's, that's right. why you have to do it. Unfortunately, you're you're so you're so right. I feel like they have an accessibility policy in place because they have wheelchair seating, they have accessible bathrooms, they have you know the the gangways don't have stairs. They're all just they're a long ramp, um, but they just kind of left out the the electric mobility aid part and i feel like that's why it got approved it got approved it just slid through the crack i think yeah but that's a that's you're probably very right although that's a really big they check crack. the boxes that's a really big yeah exactly they kind of check the crack. boxes right yeah, yeah. it's um, like cosmetic accessibility exactly it's just like oh yeah we'll throw in we'll throw in some ramps and you know we'll throw in a couple spots for for wheelchairs we're good like they yeah. really didn't sit down and really think it through no which is you know that's the whole point of the you know accessible canada act and coming up with accessibility plans is you know doing things like well consulting the community that you're going to be serving and find out what they what they need and you know if you're if you're a high speed craft and you know you require fixed seating then you need some sort of a solution for power, like power, like not thinking that some people might have power wheelchairs with batteries um before they launch the damn service i don't know that's 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 pretty thin kind of crazy yeah like yeah. i mean there's a lot of power chairs yeah no absolutely right. and you know you know we are i feel like right now we're in a bit of a we're, we're in a bit of a news cycle where 
And let's be honest, like, yes, I, I'm very grateful for the media for running with stories like this, but they also, when they smell blood in the water, you know, they, they, they go into a bit of a feeding, feeding frenzy. And I think that that's why we saw, you know, four or five uh, stories recently about um, accessibility issues on Air Canada. Well, yeah, um, they've been pretty extreme, though, too. You know, you've got an airline passenger who sure. the attendants won't help him. So he's in his seat crawling to the door of the plane, right? Like dragging himself off the plane because they refuse to refuse to assist him. Like the, as clickbaity as that headline might be, I, that has to grab people's attention, sure. right? Oh, yeah. But you know what? As a as a wheelchair user who flies a lot and Air Canada is my Canadian airline of choice, if that would have happened to me, I would have just sat there. Yeah. I would have refu- I would have refused to and they threw that third party they threw the third party <laughs> wheelchair company right under the bus. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. Baloney. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've waited when we just landed. We just landed on the 16th British Airways. Um, and it was like the the wheelchair guy had to come from New Westminster to get me off the plane. Um, I waited. We landed at 8, 8 p.m. I didn't get off the plane till 8.30. But not yeah. once, not once did anyone say, oh, can you walk at all? Or, oh, is it possible for you to get to the front? Like, no, that that flight attendant who told him that should have been fired. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, that's, that's right. Not okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and then of course the story before that that particular story, of course, was you know, they were they were unlucky enough to to uh, forget um, Stephanie Cadeau's uh, wheelchair, um, who and Stephanie Cadeau is the chief accessibility officer. Yes, they've they've made some pretty huge high profile mistakes. But what concerns me is the fact that, yeah, it's great when those things, they do screw up big enough to to get into the media, but it's all of those stories that never make it that far. That's um, right. You know, that that is really concerning. And the fact that really, at the end of the day, unless there is a really, really a lot of media attention or they start to get some heat, um, they just, they, they're not gonna do anything about it. But like Stephanie's wheelchair was probably the most important wheelchair in Canada to not That's right. <laughs> like, you know, what do you mean you forgot my wheelchair in Toronto? How does that even happen? Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And they get checked at the door of the aircraft like a stroller. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's so right. Where did it go? Like, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. Interesting. And so I pulled some data and this is, I think this is really telling too. So this is from, you know, the, the, this is data from the Canadian Transportation Agency. And there have been 1,100 passengers over the last five years that have submitted accessibility complaints. Wow. Um, 224 of those in just this past year. I don't know, do the math. Like that's like, that's a couple a week. And those are the ones that those are the actual people who had issues and then went through the whole complaint process right so you got to imagine that there's probably double that of of actual um events because not everybody is gonna submit a, a complaint some people just deal with it 
and they go on because they just they, whatever they want to go on their vacation or they want to get from point a to point b they just deal with it and and move on that that's stunning to me double yeah, is being conservative rob yeah probably yeah, i think yeah. so too so you know obviously even within you know the transportation um we've got some real problems we do and you know my husband and i were just overseas and we've never been to anywhere europe so we wait till i'm like you know in a wheelchair full time to go to the most unaccessible place on the planet (laughs) but (laughs) the airlines we flew with lufthansa on the way there and british airways on the way back Granted, it was business class. I don't know if that matters, but you have like, I call them my keeper. So we landed in Frankfurt and there's just this little German lady waiting to take me to my next gate or to the lounge or to the bathroom or to the wherever. And I'm in my own wheelchair and my husband's beside me and she just, she goes with you. And we were there for, (laughs) we missed our connection. So we were in Frankfurt for seven hours and she knew where we were at all times. So I was like, oh, that's weird. The Germans are really strict. Maybe it's Germany. Get to, we flew into Venice. As soon as we landed in Venice, there's a little Italian guy waiting to take me to get our bags and like do the whole thing. And the same on the way back with British Airways. Like the guy in Greece, when we left Athens, he... That's all he did was was um, help wheelchair passengers. They have like the airlines employ, they have this whole accessibility team that makes sure their, their disabled passengers are taken care of. I was just, my husband and I know, were both just like, wow, we have some work to do. Yeah. It was yeah. cra- it was crazy. Pretty standard um, because uh, I mean most airlines we we refer to that as special assistance, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm a pretty frequent traveler, and so if you if you guys don't have that in Canada, that seems very odd because I get it at almost every airport that I've ever gone to, including international. Really? Well, we can get it if at the time we're booking, we actually make a note that we require assistance if we just if we just book our tickets and board our plane as every, as any other passenger they're not going to have a clue that i have a disability yeah but it's yeah but it, but once you register you're in the system and you will have somebody that will help you to the gate there will be if you change planes or if you're getting if it's your final stop there will be somebody waiting for you uh and you can decide, you know, do you need a wheelchair? Do you just want a sighted guide? Whatever your need is. And and they, yeah. So, and I mean, it's it's one extra step, but I think it's so worth it. Like just like what, Car- what, what Carrie's saying is exactly what, what they do. And I think right. a lot of people don't even know that it exists, that this is something. In Canada, you know, whenever I book our flights or whatever, you know, I always select the, accessibility option that I need and then I phone Air Canada has a special line that you phone they pre-select your seats for you you know they they do all that but you don't have like a maybe if you know maybe if I was visually impaired and I was traveling by myself it would be different but I think because I have my own wheelchair I don't need their wheelchair I don't need someone to push me um I'm you know pretty self-contained unit 
So they just kind of let me let me go on my way. Um, the States is a little bit better, like Alaska Airlines in Seattle. I had well, had a little bit of an issue with getting off the plane. Same thing as the Air Canada. They didn't have anybody to take me off. Um, and I waited and I waited and I waited. And this guy, this great big guy that worked for Alaska Airlines, my daughter and I were actually on the plane. He comes and says, I'm just going to pick you up. And I said, pardon me? If that's okay with you, if that's okay with you, I'm just going to pick you up and carry you to the the gate because your chair has been delivered to the baggage claim. And we don't have, we don't have the people to get you, get you off the plane. And I was like, Oh, okay. So he like fireman me and carried me off the plane. And I was like, Hey, I'm pretty sure he broke some rules. Well, liability insurance, absolutely. Totally. And my husband is in insurance. So he was like, "Mm, I don't think that's allowed. No. But they didn't have, they didn't make me crawl on the floor of the airplane. Yeah. You know, so which would have been the better option? I'm not sure. But yeah, so I have, and I have had, um, we flew through Houston one time, um, my mom and I, and we did have, I think it was Delta, and we did have someone walk with us like and we thought why is this guy following us you know like what does he want he doesn't want anything that's his job and and actually it's not dictated in the united states anyway it's not dictated by the airline it's based on each airport is different so Mm -hmm. most of them have no affiliation with the airline they just do special services for the entire airport location um, some of the smaller airports, it'll actually be airline employees, but so it'll it'll definitely vary from city to city. In Canada, like with WestJet, anyways, um, whenever we fly WestJet, it's WestJet employees that take me from the gate to or from the door of the aircraft to my seat in the little Washington chair. It's always WestJet employees, so you never have an issue with getting on or off or waiting for crew or whatever because it's the WestJet people that load you and unload you. Um, not sure how highly trained they are. The last time we flew with WestJet, I ended up with like a naval orange-sized hole in the bum of my pants because the transfer was a little rough, but hmm. at least I got into my seat, you know? Wow. It's always a it's always a an adventure traveling with a disability, right? There's never it's never perfectly smooth sailing. Well then that's really interesting because now that I'm sort of thinking about it, I mean that would make the most sense if if accessibility services all sort of were taken care of by the airport. Like I get it. Like there's there there's a whole handoff, right? Like you you'd have to still have to be like, okay, well, you know, Air Canada is responsible for accessibility services up to you know the door of the plane. You know, getting people on and off the plane that falls under the airline, and then the airport accessibility services would take over. I mean, that would make the the most sense. But I guess like what confuses me is like, you know, the in the story of, of the guy, the fellow that would, you know, him and his wife were went to Las Vegas and he had to crawl off the plane. And then Air Canada was like, well, that was because, you know, the third party that we contract, the, the third party accessibility services that we contract out, you know, in the States, they dropped the ball. And I'm just like, well, why, like, why do you have a third party accessibility service 
provider. Why wouldn't it be the airport? You know, it just, it, it, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's too complicated. I don't know. Toronto is like that too. Toronto has a third party at Pearson. They have a third party company that handles all their wheelchairs and transfers and everything. And I haven't been to Toronto since I was, it was 2010. So I was still walking like not well. So I needed a wheelchair just in the airport because it's so big. And it, I remember it just being a gong show. Like we waited an hour for my chair to get delivered and like, they had to push me but they didn't have time like it was just a gong show no and so the third party thing you know it really has pros and cons but i guess so would it be the responsibility of the airline that would too i I mean sure i guess so but i mean this is just stuff yeah you they really we need to figure this out because there's there's obviously you know these huge problems and you know i agree with liz now i mean i think there was a time that i necessarily wouldn't have been just like yeah just everybody should just sue but you know what <laughs> at some point you know what maybe that's true maybe that's the way you gotta hit them in the pocketbooks and they have to be afraid of damaging their their bottom line because going back to hello fairies i'm sure that they were just like you know what screw it we'll just say we don't allow it and uh who cares there's no there's no repercussions for us and we can always, you know, ask for forgiveness later or whatever. That was that must have been their attitude. It's just like we don't want to spend the money now figuring this out. We want to launch, so you know, we'll just go ahead and we have to get it out of these organizations uh, that that's okay to do because it just isn't. And I'm sure you're right. I'm sh- they were behind schedule anyways. You know, there was probably they were probably grossly over budget, like everybody else that starts a business a transportation business or any business for that matter they you know they just wanted to get rolling yeah so they just left that part out well and that's and that's the thing like you know it again going back i'm sorry i keep harping on the the accessible canada act but really like we need to start harping on this because it's been five years but you know the idea is like oh we can have an accessible canada by 2040 it's like no we're not are you kidding me transportation is one of the the fundamental most important things i mean how many people um with disabilities want to fly or take a ferry or take a bus every single day like you know the numbers are staggering and so it's one of the most important things that we should have locked down especially after five years so it's really frustrating to me that you know we still seem to be in this this you know really slow going limbo it is it's it's kind of brutal and are like on totally on a different you know a different aspect of it is in the states the ada regulates you know like accessible hotel rooms you get an accessible hotel room in the states it's the real deal like right you could do wheelchair square dancing in the bathroom sometimes <laughs> but in canada you know they put a they put a bar behind the toilet and they call it an accessible bathroom uh, it drives me crazy oh my gosh i didn't even think of that too yeah yeah brutal and you know what? I really, I really, really do believe this. The, it's there's just one, one thing that is slowing all of this down, and it's enforcement. If there were fines, if if you know the people, the government could go to Air Canada and say, like, okay, great, you said sorry in the media, that's great, but this mistake is costing you two hundred thousand dollars, and 
and just keep letting them pile on. Every complaint that we get, if we investigate and you're at fault, boom, it's going to be a fine. It's going to be a fine. Then you know what? They would have all this shit figured out overnight. I agree. Instead of, you know, th- trying to throw two grand at the passenger here. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we exactly. did that. You know, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, Air Canada recently, like they actually got called to Ottawa to talk about some of the, of these news stories that came out and, you know, and they, they did the whole, oh yeah, we're, well, we're going to, we're revamping our accessibility plan and, oh, we're going to develop an app so people can track their wheelchairs and, you know, we're doing stuff, but you know, who's holding the feet to the fire? Like, is that really good enough? I know. I agree. Maybe we should all have, maybe Stephanie should have had the little Apple air tag or whatever it's called on her wheelchair yeah. so she knew it was still sitting on the tarmac in toronto when she was in the air yeah exactly although it's really it really comes in handy knowing your wheelchairs in guatemala while you're in toronto <laughs> uh, i don't know what good that that information is going to be to you but no good you're right no good <laughs> scratch that <laughs> I think the really important thing about all of this is I think the, the really the only thing that that people can do is is to make sure that if they do come across something, complain, talk like about it, tell people, about about it. It. reach yeah. out to the media. I agree. And I've never complained about I've never complained about anything my whole disabled life. And, you know, it really I want to believe that it matters. Yeah. And, and it really does matter. These are fundamental rights that we're, we're trying rights. to build out. And when you get whatever, you get denied service for an Uber if you're if you have a guide dog and you're visually impaired or, you know, you get denied service on the ferry. Like these are all things that people need to complain about. And that's, you know, that's the other really frustrating thing I find. And actually, I'll, I'll ask you, Carrie, because I, I'm curious, but how easy was it to complain? Because all of these places too under the act are supposed to have some sort of a mechanism in place that is easy for people to report um you know accessibility issues uh, what was what was that sort of process like for you they are not really set up to communicate with the public they have like all the social media platforms set up um and it's like message us on facebook or Um, comment on our posts. Um, If you need to get in touch with us, email support at hollowfairies.com. They have no phone number. They have no, like, they have a frequently asked questions section that, like, just tells you everything you already read in their website. Um, The communication options with Hello were really minimal. And like they did get back to me. It didn't, it wasn't immediate, but they, they did get back to me. Um, right. I feel like they're really trying to use social media right. as their main communication tools. I don't know how the media, like because Global reached out to them and Czech reached out to them. So I don't know if there's like a special media section to, uh, yeah, I don't know, for the media to ask questions. I don't know. I didn't see that. But they seem to get responses a lot faster than I did. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that probably doesn't doesn't cut it. Um, you know, just no. having email uh, probably they probably want something a little bit more um, fleshed out. So at the same time, you know, it's getting harder and harder to get a hold of a person when you're trying to get through to some sort of call center. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. you get so buried and buried and buried in levels. I recently was waiting for a package to come from FedEx. 
and there was a phone number and I called it and I couldn't hit zero for an agent. I said agent, it wouldn't put me through to anybody. It would dis- disconnect my call. I had to use their AI chatbot on their website. The, the email communication was, was conflicting with their website tracking was saying, like you can't get a hold of anybody anymore. Yeah. No, no, I know. And I think that that's what they kind of mean in terms of like, mm-hmm. a mechanism. it has to be a really clear line of communication um, with that that's outside of just like regular customer service. Because you're right, like these days, customer service just blows. If it, I, I pray every time that I, I don't have to call the bank or deal with <laughs> any sort of that organization because you're just it's stuck in this AI hell. It's category. awful. Yeah. 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 I don't like ranting. I prefer raving. <laughs> well, it's true. We can do it's that. It's true. Too. I it's prefer true. raving, but I mean, I feel like this was just something that needed to be. I don't rant enough as a disabled power wheelchair user. I just. I feel like a lot of people are in that boat too. It does suck. It sucks to feel like, you know, you're, you are a complainer, but you know, again, I just, yeah, right now. Well, hopefully you'll make it better for the next person who tries, right? Exactly. Maybe, exactly. maybe. I know. Yeah. I have to. And like people are saying, you need to advocate. You need to advocate for disabled people more. And I'm just, I don't, I don't, I'm not really good at it. You know, MS erases your train of thought mid sentence. So I'm like not a very good public speaker anymore. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. My daughter was surprised that when I showed up at Hello Fairies for my news interview that I didn't I didn't have a sign protesting and I was just like, girl, I'm not protesting. I'm just I just, <laughs> I just want to go on the ferry. <laughs> yes, well we've had that discussion too, right? Like, you know, yes, it's it's true. It's it's very important to advocate as as somebody in the disability community, but at the same time it's not always fair. You don't no. always you know, Want nobody to. wants to ad- have to advocate all the time. Sometimes you just want to, you know, have on, have your vacation or yeah. do whatever. Like you, you want to get from point A to point B. You don't want to have to like then spend two hours trying to hunt down a, a contact email to actually make a complaint. So, you know, and who knows, you know, maybe a lot of people give up because two hours after the event, you know, you're, you, you're not angry anymore. And you're just like, well, I'm just taking up my evening trying to, to do this. You know what? Screw it. That's right. You just you get over it and you just kind of move on because it's yeah. just the easiest thing to do, right? Just move yeah. on. Well, yeah. I'm glad that you didn't move on. I'm glad that you brought this to the attention. I'm really glad that uh, Check TV picked it up because I think that it it does. It points out, shines a spotlight on some some really big problems that um, that I think we're having right now. Take a page out of the U.S.'s book and just That's sue right. them. Teach us to sue, Liz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll definitely let you guys know. I have your email, Ryan. I'll let you know if Hollow, when Hollow um, responds to me. And yes, see see what they say. Well, let us know how your Mexico trip goes as well. If there's any barriers that you face there or challenges that come up. There's lots of barriers in Mexico. <laughs> we travel we travel to Extapa yearly and um, they're still in a bit of the dark ages as far as their airport goes. They carry me off a 737 Max 8 in that little in that little aisle chair. Hmm. They carry me down those stairs. Hmm. Like if there's a liability issue in the yeah. world, yeah. that's it. But they haven't dropped me in in fifteen <laughs> in fifteen years of being carried off that plane. They haven't dropped me, so 
Mm. We'll see. It's always good. Mexico, you know, Mexico's got a long ways to go as far as accessibility, but the Mexican people are very, very Mm. willing to help. They would carry me if they had to. Totally. And, you know, they have great tequila. So that also They really, (laughs) they really do. (laughs) So (laughs) have a few of those. They take a page out from Mexico, Air Canada. They just serve tequila on all the flights and. All is forgiven. Just help out a little. Serve tequila, help out. Carrie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening uh, to to tell us the story. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed my hour. I didn't know what I was going to talk about for an hour, but here we are. It felt good. It felt, I feel, I feel a little bit purged. I feel like I got some some frustration out. He's getting the uh, the lawsuit itch. Yeah. Bug. I'm making yeah, it. been a bit of a mood today. So, okay. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. I do. I really do feel like, um, I like feel, feel purged. I feel better. I was kind of, I kind of wound up coming in. Coming you in were, you know, I feel, feel good. Excellent. You yeah. got a, you got a little, um, accessibility release. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Did you? you know, I was going to say something dirty. I, all right, I know you were. I know. I know. Hey, I just pumped my own brakes, so we're good. I won't say it. <laughs> I don't know who it was earlier in the show, whether it was Rob or if it was Carrie, but somebody mentioned the term cosmetic accessibility. That was me. Was that you? That's a great name for a podcast. <laughs> You're going to steal my idea? I think cosmetic? I might. Cosmetic accessibility. But would it would it be about cosmetic? I feel like people would be confused because I would be. No, if it I would be color coding, candy coding, accessibility. I, right, I get it. So it's subtext, but I, yes. I feel like people would not get it. Like people would literally think that it's a makeup makeup show, <laughs> accessible makeup. <laughs> yeah, totally. I I would. I'd be oh, like, damn it! Another good name down the drain. I know. I know you're trying. You just want to rebrand. I'm trying. I don't, I don't think people would think it's if, 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 if you said accessible cosmetics, but your cosmetic accessibility. So it would either be confusing or they would think it's. <laughs> well, the people who thought about who, who, who would I guess the meaning is too are, deep. I don't think so, but. Well, listen, we'll do a focus group. <laughs> we'll, and, we'll, uh, we'll study see. it. We'll, we'll throw some, we'll throw some some of our uh, audience at it and we'll see what they think. They'll probably Maybe. steal it and start their own podcast. See, okay. There you go. So when you edit, you got to bleep out the name. So they, they don't know what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, do you it's like a, the name bleep? bleep. <laughs> <laughs> that way we can we're going to rebrand to bleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just called bleep. Yeah. Maybe just call bleep it bleep. bleep. Where the bleep is my chair. <laughs> bleep accessibility. I'm telling you, maybe maybe the US has a point. I mean, it's just the secret to everything is just to sue. Well, it's it's, it's, sue it's, it's the mechanism to enforce the law. That's really what it's like. I wonder what is the is it just that our courts aren't set up the same? Like maybe is it just not as easy to sue? Because why doesn't that happen? Well, I think our mechanism in Canada is that even if you get a lawyer, because we recently had one of our members of AEBC go through with a lawyer, the whole human rights tribunal, because that is our only mechanism in Canada for settling disputes like this. Oh, I see. So you can't sue. 
have so to go through, you have I, to well, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. I just play one on TV, but <laughs> you know, that would be something we, we might want to actually get a disability lawyer on to talk about because. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting. So it, it might not be, it, 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 so I guess the answer is it, it may not be quite as easy for us to just drop, you know, just sue and get a, like a monetary settlement yeah. organization. I, I mean, I don't know what your court system is like, but mm. here we, we have, we have various courts, but there's basically, you know, you've got your criminal court and then you've got your mm -hmm. civil court. Right. And so that's obviously it, it's a civil, it's a civil matter. It's a violation of civil rights or it's, you know, yeah. it's, or it's a, you know, a suit from between a party and party that is non-criminal in nature. So yeah, you know, the old saying when, when someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do and they, and you say, Hey, you, you, I'm, you're supposed to let me do it. And they say, ah, oh, well, go sue me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you insist. And that's, yeah, because yeah. there's no one, there was, there's no one to really, I mean, yeah, I guess fines could be, um, I guess could be implemented by certain agencies, but usually that like they don't care about that it's the actual right. civil suits that because there can be um that you can you can sue for damages uh there's various levels and i'm not an attorney so i'm probably there's probably <laughs> someone listening the, saying, the amount the amount of bad law advice <laughs> that's coming out of the show is staggering AT banter law dun, please dun, dun. No one, anybody anybody in the audience please do not take any any advice <laughs> from any of us <laughs> But yeah, but but you, you, that's when the courts off. Um, I'm sorry, award punitive damages. That's really where companies freak out because it's not just the suing for the actual damages suffered by the party, but the punitive, punitive damages are to actually punish them for right. their misgiving. So right. yeah, and I think you know if you were to, you know, I, I'm just throwing the number out that you threw, Rob. But if you were to fine Air Canada two hundred thousand dollars, they make that in five minutes a day. Right. So that penalty would have to be substantial. Well, yeah. And I mean, I just do that. I just, I know, know yeah. grab that out of the air, but even, even so, like if they're screwing up twice a day, uh, sure. I don't know, that's, that's over time. That would definitely be like, okay, hurt. look, we need yeah. to figure this crap out because we're sick of eating $400,000 every day that we don't want well, to keep saying they're, they're working on, you know, such thin margins. Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, over so, time it definitely catch up. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, you can't rely on these places, the people that be doing the right thing. Like they're no. doing what's right for the company and what's going to make them some money, and that's where you got to hit them. So at the end of the day, and we knew that. We knew with it, when they announced the the, the uh, Accessible Canada Act, and we took a look at it. Um, that that's one of the main criticisms that that um, everybody leveled at it. Uh, was the fact that there was no enforcement mechanism and that was going to be a problem. And here we are five years down the road and it's, it's, it's a problem. So we called it, I mean, we, we didn't call it. I mean, we were among many. The community called it. called it. Yeah. Yeah. So. We, we don't want to stoop to the level of those dumb Americans and sue everybody. So. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think if you, we go back far enough, there may be a podcast where, where we complained about how litigious Americans were and it was ridiculous. So well, I think that the we may downside, have to eat our, work, eat our hat on that one. <laughs> the downside to the way the U.S. is doing it, though, is if, you know, and I forget what the stats are because we did do a show that talked a little bit about how litigious it is down there. But you know, there are thousands of new suits per day happening down there because everybody just tries to go to a website. Oh, it's not accessible. Boom. And there's a new lawsuit. 
So the courts are have to be so backlogged that is it really making a difference? You know, I, well, in the long yeah, run, it might be, but maybe. when when a lot of people get together and there's a class action against like Domino's, then yeah, people take notice. But you know, Joe in his basement who can't get onto, you know, kicksforcats.com, dot <laughs> com. Um, you know, files a lawsuit. Where does, I don't know, probably, I don't know. I just made it up, but you know, that's probably not very high on the priority list. Right. But it's another lawsuit that's been filed. Yeah, no, ideally, ideally what's going what would you, you want to happen is, you know, the government needs to have, like, there has to be enforcement within the legislation. Yes. Because you, you're right. You don't want to clog up the courts with, you know, thousands upon thousands of, of lawsuits. I mean, that's not ideal either. It just needs to be as simple as, oh, you didn't do this. Fine, fine, fine. Like that. It's just because eventually they get the message and they they do what they need to do and everybody's happy. And there needs to be audits and reviews of the internal systems to make sure yeah. that, you know, the checks and balances are taking place. Yeah. It's not complicated. Europe, it sounds like Europe did it. Like, it sounds like Europe got their shit together. Like, it sounds great. So, it's possible. They're great. That's right. And the other thing that I'd like to present to the audience, and we'll probably include this in the write-up, but if you want to play a drinking game uh, along with this, this uh, episode of the podcast, uh, take a shot whenever the word litigious is used. <laughs> <laughs> litigious. Yeah, see, there you go. Litigious. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's get the hell out of here. Hey, Liz. Litigious. Uh, hey, Litigious. <laughs> where, what am I asking you? Where, where can people find us? Uh, they can find me on Thursday at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> everywhere else is at atbanter.com. Great. Excellent. They can also drop us a line if they so desire at cowbell. At ATVenture.com. And they can find us wherever they listen to their podcasts. We're Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, everywhere, everywhere. And they can find us on Twitter. Oops, sorry. X and Facebook. It's a stupid name, X. And Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon. www.accessiblecosmetics.com. Soon. Coming soon. So cosmetic accessibility. <laughs> cosmetic accessibility. Whatever. I can't even get the name right. He either. said it. Like, he said it the months. wrong way. Accessible cosmetics. Yeah. Then that would be makeup. With a, uh, <laughs> that would be makeup show. Yes. But cosmetic accessibility. <laughs> Welcome to bleep accessibility. That's right. Welcome to cosmetic accessibility. Welcome and to accessible shut up. cosmetics. Stop. Stop. I just want to get out of here. Did you? Welcome and good night. Attitious. Uh, and that is going to about do it for this week. Big thanks, of course, to Carrie for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. He whiffed it again. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. 
for all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 